Hello and welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking, coming at you live from Nambucca Heads, halfway between Sydney and Brisbane. Only five hours away from somewhere meaningful in either direction. It's a pleasure to be here. Coming live from uh, from from a, an apartment, not an apartment, a house, a real house with a garden and everything, because that's what you can do when you live far away from people of of note. Uh, <coughs> I shouldn't I shouldn't just fall straight into making fun of the lovely people of Nambuck who've been here, nothing but pleasant and sweet to me. Uh, staying in a house uh, which has been very kindly offered by a, a big fan of the podcast, actually. just It's funny how these, you know, the, y- you think that it's just a bit of a side hustle, just side hustle should earn money, I suppose. Just something to do with your spare time, a bit of a creative outlet. But then you make these connections and you find that you're, you're staying at these people's houses. They've let you into their inner sanctum, giving you a place to to to, to settle your bags and, and sleep for the night. What a, what a thrill. Now, is that fan of the podcast my girlfriend's father? Technically, yes. But look, he's listened to every single episode, so who's to say where what the real foundation of the relationship is? It's uh, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not on holiday. I'm uh, I'm I'm still working. My partner and I both still working through from distance, as the COVID pandemic has allowed from now on. And it's because uh, we are uh, we're doing renovations in the house right now. We had to clear everything out and. So we, we this this was this is what was in my car as we left Sydney to do kitchen and bathroom renovations on our first home in the eastern suburbs. Uh, golf clubs, podcasting equipment, a labradoodle. What else could did you bring your private school jacket and your Joe Rogan experience T-shirt as well? You fucking cliche, Tom Whitcomb. So much privilege. In one Volkswagen Golf. And yes, it's a Volkswagen Golf. Obviously, it's a Volkswagen Golf. We're doing kitchen renovations. You think we're driving something Japanese or Korean? Absolutely not. On my father's deathbed, he would be if he found out we were driving something nearly that economical or efficient. No way. German or bust. All right? I like my cars the way I like my summers, European. I'm 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 not I'm not traveling to or buying from Asian countries unless it costs less than ten dollars. Obviously, anything made from plastic, yes, please, coming from Asian countries. I might even bump that up to a hundred dollars. You know, maybe even f- no. Okay, there's a lot more. I want all my electronics from Asia. Anything, and anything that is. Uh, Actually, no, now I'm, I'm totally back from it. I think I want everything from Asia apart from my car. I'm back. I'm backtracking a lot now. I just think, and even then, actually, if you could make the golf in Japan, but just go ahead and chuck a, a European badge on the front, I think I think I probably have more trust in the Japanese people. Um, and the Japanese and the Germans, two peas in a pod uh, at various points of history. I think we can all agree. It's interesting being in Nambucca because usually... Like, I had to cancel comedy gigs and stuff to come up here just because, you know, I'm not doing gigs every single night, but a lot of nights, and I'm kind of booking them up ahead uh, well in advance. And so we're, we're up, we're away from the hustle and bustle. We've been up here for a couple of days now, and, you know, we we roll out of bed at, at six-something. We go for a run. We run down to the beach with the dog, and we come back. We have a leisurely breakfast. We log on 
log on to the work computer at nine, do some work. We have we have lunch out on the on the grass in the sun. Maybe read a little bit of my book during my lunch break. Then you get to five thirty, and you you go and you you walk the dog again back down to the beach. Maybe watch watch the sun set on the other side of the beach because it's still the east coast. You know, can't set it over the water, and I'm not seeing a sunrise not yet. But that's fine. And you come back home and, and you and you settle in. And it's not this kind of mad dash and, you know, wake up, commute, get to the office, you know, quick coffee at the desk, lunch at your desk, back home. Uh, no, it's it's very leisurely. You know, we, we come back after our walk in the afternoon and uh, have a glass of wine and we, we cook together and we sit and we watch, we watch MasterChef. And uh, I just think, wow, how do people live like this? This is horrendous. What do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean all this free time? I don't have the mental capacity to be considering my life every second of the day. I need distractions. Give me noise. It's so quiet out here. You can hear the birds chirping. It's disgusting. Give me, give me train lines. Give me buses. The air is so clean, it hurts my lungs. I don't like it at all. This is, it's, uh Last night, I took my dog down to the beach, and it's about dusk. The, the sun is setting. There is this amazing sort of fire glow over the bush, and it's all gum trees and mangroves behind me and just wide open ocean in front. And I watched the moon rise from beyond the horizon, this kind of... The moon was so red, it looked like a sun. It was so, so fiery as it came up. And, and, and there was no one there. This beach, as far as I could see it, either way, nobody else there, just me and the dog. And all I could think was, get me to a fucking open mic right now. I, I need to go earn my self-validation from a room of drunk strangers above a, above a pokies room as soon as possible. Zane Friedler might have a new take on dating apps and I'm missing it because I'm here in this transcendent moment. It's very uncomfortable. This level of comfort is very uncomfortable. I am far too invested in MasterChef. It's only been three episodes. How do I have so much stake in Julie Goodwin's future? <clears throat> Tonight's the immunity challenge. Who's going to get the pin? These are the questions that I find myself asking when I'm in Nambucca. As opposed to when I'm in Sydney, where the questions I ask myself is, mm, is this joke about slavery a little bit on the nose? You do find as well, I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of writing out here, and I, I must say, the best comedy writing takes place as far away from a stage as possible. The further you are from a comedy stage, the better the writing is, because you don't actually have to face the realities of whether or not it'll actually work. You can just live in the fantasy land. That all of this is brilliant. I'm writing page after page of just A-grade material, greatest hit stuff. Because if it's not, I won't know for at least four more days when I return to Sydney and get back to the hustle and bustle and, and, and can put my blinders on once more. Don't have to turn my, my attention. It's empty feeling inside. But no, it's not all bad. I'm, I'm, I'm reading a bit more. I picked up this book. I don't know if you guys have seen this book before. There's a book called Phosphorescence. Um, it is at the front desk of every independent bookstore you go to. It's right next to Trent Dalton's Love Stories. No matter where, it, it is, it's 
it's everywhere. I've seen it all over the place, and it's in my uh, my girlfriend's father's house. And I picked it up. I've started reading it, and the first the first chapter is me all over. It is self help plus science, the dream combination. You know when you read self help, the the best part of reading self help is being in it, fantasizing about how much better your life could be, but isn't going to be. That's the best part of self-help, you read it and you think, wow, this is what my life is going to be like. It's going to be nothing but peace and achievement for the rest of my days. Knowing full well, if you were really to be critical, you're not going to put any of these things into practice. You're not going to, you might, you might do three days of, of doing gratitude mornings, gratitude journaling in the mornings on your notes, on your notes app on your phone. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then by Thursday, you'll go to open notes, but then you'll see next to notes is your Instagram, and you'll click on that instead, and you'll go down a wormhole for about 45 minutes of people whose lives are seemingly much better than yours, and start to feel pretty terrible about yourself, and just hope that the next scroll scroll brings you something a little bit more optimistic, and it never does, and if it does, then you're like, well, this is great, I should do the next, oh, I'm sad again now, Uh do you know what I mean? Like you, you, you scroll through, you see, I mean, this is my world, right? You see a, a comedian post a clip and get a thousand likes or post about some gig that you didn't even know was happening but really would have liked to have been on and you just think, man, my life is awful. It doesn't get worse than my life right now. But maybe if I see the next photo, that'll that'll perk me up. Oh, the next photo. One of my friends just got signed to a talent agency. That's bleak. That is what more success from the people in my inner circle. Could it get any worse? And oh, look, it's a dog. It's a dog doing a trick. Oh, look, it's a it's a parrot and a cat who are friends. That's pretty good. Maybe there's more. Oh no. Should it should have just should have left it there. Should have closed the app at the parrot and the cat being friends. And now. Oh, now Alex Malinkovich has posted a sketch that's doing really well on Instagram Reels. Ah. I'll never learn. I'll never... We'll, we'll, it's just like a... It's the pokies machine. It's the pokies machine with unlimited credit and fake money in that you will never run out of opportunities. And even when you win, it means nothing. But, you know, enough doom and gloom for one. But, but I'm reading self-help and I'm thinking, oh, man, this is what my future looks like. Just nothing but sunshine and rainbows and positive self-thoughts. Positive vibes, high confidence, high self-worth. I don't need anyone anymore now that I have this book called Phosphorescence. And she's talking all about how, uh, you know, time in the ocean and forest bathing, forest bathing where people just walk slowly through a forest and and let the, the happiness just permeate every cell in their body. Just by reconnecting with nature, all of a sudden, they are at one with all, and all is at one with them. And life is nothing but euphoria from wake up to falling asleep every day. And I think, man, this is, this is, this is me now. This is me. She's talking about how every day she goes and jumps into the water. Like, that's what I'm going to do from now on. Every, every day. I don't care. I don't care if I'm in the middle of the Northern Territory. I'm going to find some water, and I'm going to immerse myself in it. And I'm, I'm going to I'm going to seek out uh, cuttlefish. 
I'm going to I'm going to swim into the deep seas and, and immerse myself in in the sea life despite the fact I haven't swam more than to the side of a pool since 2009 I I'm going to I'm I'm going to go deep sea swimming because that's where the peace is and the more I read of this book, the more, at, at the start at least, I'm going, okay, this is, you know, I'm, and and to be fair, that day, we went for a run in the morning in nature, we then watched the sunset in the afternoon, I read a book in the middle of the day in the sun, and still, not blissful, just just still not uh, totally at peace. It's It's almost as if it takes more than 24 hours to undo... 29 years worth of anxiety. I gave myself the first year off. The first year was pretty good, but years two through 30, anxious every day. Just reflecting back on that first year, being like, remember that we were so happy. I was so idyllic. And then the more I read of this book, the more I go through and, and, and she's starting to talk about body image and body positivity and what it's like to be a woman in this society and, and the, the expectations placed upon you by men and the patriarchy. And that's when I realized I've been tricked. Somehow I've been tricked into reading feminist literature. I thought this was self-help. I thought this was Tony Robbins style, how to get the most out of life, how to become a winner. No, this is about women feeling better about themselves. And I I didn't even realize that that, that form of literature was publicly available. I thought you had to go to a specialist bookshop to get that side of stuff. So a little bit hurt. Uh, that Julia Baird felt the need to take advantage of me that way. Um, but I am learning a lot about what it means to be a woman. Uh, and fuck, it sounds rough. Sounds like, uh, you know, I knew I was happy to be a man, but I, before I read this book, I didn't realize how happy. Oh my goodness. What a tough slog. What a, what a, what a bitter hand to be dealt. But hey, someone's got to play it. And fair play to you ladies, you're doing a great job. Not all of you, but a lot of you. And I, for at least, as, as long as any book can truly affect you, two to three days, we'll keep that in mind whenever I stop to consider the plight of women. But it is, it's quite uncomfortable to consider the plight of women, so I'll probably try and put that to one side. It's not very good for my mental health. I'm going to instead spend that time immersing myself in sea life um, and focusing on the positives because, you know, it's important to be grateful. And the thing I'm grateful for is uh, never experiencing menstruation. What a gift. What an absolute joy. What else is happening in the world? There's, there's been a lot that's happening. I mean, we had, uh, we're having electricity shortages at the moment, which is baffling. Someone told me that, my girlfriend told me the other day, you know, there's a chance we're going to run out of power. What? Did, did I wake up in the 18th century or the Philippines? What, how did this happen? I didn't know. I don't know not having power was an option. Don't we live somewhere where there are no hurricanes or poverty? I don't understand how we could be in this in this situation. And then I saw um, the Sydney Morning Herald front page uh, yesterday afternoon was the, I think it was Perrottet, Dominic Perrottet, New South Wales Premier, saying, please, all New South Welsh people, I was going to say New South Welshmen, but no, um, now that I've read phosphorescence, I'm going to be inclusive. New South Welsh people, uh, please avoid any unnecessary electricity use 
before 8.30 p.m. tonight to help us grapple with the reduced access we have to power. And I don't know about you guys, but I ignored it. I, I, I ignored it wholeheartedly. What impact could one home possibly have, said 6 million New South Wales people last night. And look, power's still on. I got a lamp next to me that's on right now. Totally unnecessary. I don't need to see anything. I'm not looking at anything. I'm staring at a blank wall, but I got a lamp on. Last night, we had air conditioners blasting it hot in two rooms, neither of which we were in. Because that's what it means to be free. That is freedom. To do what I want, regardless of the consequences for the greater population. And to those of you who did switch off your electricity, on the one hand, thank you. Thank you for for your sacrifice to keep us all safe. But also, are you really living life to the fullest? Sometimes you need to put yourself first. And when I say sometimes, I mean always. The way that I do. Always me. Me, me, me. That's how you become a great stand-up comedian. You put yourself first again and again and again. You you prioritize your own sense of self-satisfaction and joy over anyone's suffering or anyone's misery. That's not important. What's important is you. Maybe I should make this into a motivational podcast. Maybe I should give you a sense of hope for half an hour once a week before you fall back into your old habits. I'm going to go play some uh, play some golf golf today. And there's a little Nambucca Heads Island golf course. It's a little, just a, it, it's actually an island off the coast, and there's a bridge across to it. Eighteen holes, very reasonable prices. I brought my golf clubs. I told you that already. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I am building it up in my head as a perfect afternoon. The sun is out. The course looks magnificent. It's flanked by ocean at all sides. It looks gorgeous. And I'm going to go and, and, and in my head, I'm going to go and, and have the greatest afternoon of my life. I'm going to bring a little notebook. I'm going to try and write some jokes as I go. I'm going to probably come up with some A-grade gold material. And I'm going to play the sport that I love. The sport of golf. And in reality, what's going to happen is uh, off the first tee, I'm going to shank it into the bushes. I'm going to lose balls into the ocean on multiple occasions. And I'm going to be contemplating breaking a club at least once every four holes. I haven't played golf in months. And even when I play consistently, I don't play well. And also, I only brought half of my golf clubs to fit them in the car. There are so many things acting against me today. And I'm going to go and I'm going to suck and I'm going to hate it. And I'm going to say, how? Why? Why am I so bad at this? Because I have unrealistic expectations of myself. Because I don't play this sport almost at all. When I do, even at my highest level, I'm not very good. I don't practice. And yet I expect to be as good, if not better, than at least anyone I know personally. I'm not going to be as good as the pros. I'm not ridiculous. But anybody that I personally have met, no matter how long they've been playing for or how much time or effort they put into it, I'm going to expect I'm at least as good as them, you would think. Uh, so, yeah, it's, look, you know, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the lie right now. I'm enjoying the fictionalized version of the afternoon I'm going to have before I go and just become furious. 
But you know what? I'm going to rent a cart. That'll be fun. If nothing else, the cart will be fun. And uh, look, I, uh, I I was going to say that I'll, I'll keep you posted with how it goes, but I'm, I'm probably not going to. Here's what's probably going to happen. Maybe next week I'll tell you about the best parts. Maybe next week I'll bring up the stuff that I did really well and ignore everything else. Um, but make no mistake, just because I don't tell you about it doesn't mean I'm not going to dwell on it. It is going to be deep, deep within me. It is going to contribute to to my sense of self worth or, or lack of it. And I don't even have, I don't even, I don't even have comedy to go and wash over that with. I can't even go out and do a do a spot tonight and be like, see, I knew, I knew I was I was worthwhile as a human being. No, I'm gonna have to get that just internally, if that's even possible. Is that possible? I've never experienced it. The other thing that happened uh, yesterday morning, it's Thursday today, Wednesday morning, the Socceroos threw to the Qatar World Cup. How exciting. What a thrill. Knocking Peru out, taking Peru out of the equation, and in doing so, taking a spot away from a country who, let's be honest, it would mean so much more to. Do you know how many Peruvians are still depressed, even by the time this comes out next Tuesday, almost a full week later, Peruvians just on the brink of emotional turmoil. This is all they had, and we took that away from them. And I personally couldn't be prouder. Do you know, do you know, do you know how much more this means, the game of football, the Football World Cup, to the average Peruvian? Do you know how many Peruvian Sherpas considered pushing an Australian backpacker off Machu Picchu yesterday. Is Machu Picchu in Peru? I've been thinking about this most of the day and what I was going to say about it, and I didn't bother to look it up. I'm pretty sure it is. Machu. Mm. So you got to Oh, it is. It is. Pretty good. Machu Picchu, 4.8 stars on Google. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. 4.8. This, this is, I had no idea, so I just Googled uh, Machu Picchu on my phone and the place came up like the way that you would search uh, McDonald's Hurstville and it comes up with, you know, <laughs> there's a number apparently I can call it. Um, oh, it's open now. What are the opening hours of Machu Picchu? Oh, they don't know. Uh, but yes, 4.8 stars at 53,000 reviews. Now, 4.8 stars. If you went to a pub that had 4.8 stars, you would be excited. 4.8, I pay a lot of attention to these Google reviews, by the way. Uh, 4.8 is, that's that's huge. You, you, you would be hard-pressed to get my time on that. But then also, I love the idea that people are going to Machu Picchu, and not only not deeming that a five-star experience, this ancient heritage site wonder of the world, this just archaeological marvel that most scientists, they can't even work out how, how this thing was created, let alone thousands of years ago. And there is a portion of the population going, it's good, it's not five stars good. I mean, it, I really want to find, I'm scrolling through the reviews now, they're mostly five stars. I desperately want to see. Oh, they're all five stars. There's got to be. It's 4.8. Here we go. Here we go. Very disappointed and unimpressed. They try and hide the true history. The site is very bare. If you only want pictures, then it's okay to visit. If you want true history, better off doing your own research. Love it. One star. The best. Thank you, Cortel. 177 reviews. 
Oh, man. It's just a good reminder that at the end of the day, everyone has access to the internet, don't they? <laughs> the same guy that gave one star to Machu Picchu gave four stars to the AT&T store in Cedarhurst, New York. I mean, I think Machu Picchu could learn a lot from uh, America's second most popular mobile provider, AT&T. What else? Oh, G&G Auto Repairs, five stars. Five stars for an auto repair in New York? I mean, it's pretty amazing. Five stars, five stars, three stars. The rice was great. The fish I had was okay. Rice was great. Fish I had was okay. Still two stars better than Machu Picchu. This is just phenomenal. Oh, here we go. One star for Miami International Airport. Terrible. Security always try and take my liquids. I go through so many airports and Florida is the only place that take my personal liquids. <laughs> oh, my word. Cortel. Guys, you got you got to look up Cortel on Google Reviews. Uh, this person, I mean... Hard to please in some areas. Will not forgive an international airport for enforcing the rules that all airports should enforce. And has some has some very strong perspectives about what really happened in Machu Picchu. And I, for one, would want to know. I want to know what they're not telling me when I go there. What are these tour guides? These people who have spent presumably decades exploring the ruins of Machu Picchu. What aren't they telling me? What are they keeping to themselves? What are they hiding? Back to back to the Soccer World Cup. It would have meant so much more to the average Peruvian for us to be... What does it mean for the Socceroos? Oh, good. We get to go lose three more games of football on a world stage. Something to look forward to. If we, if we win a single game at the Football World Cup... I will I will retract all of this. I was going to do, you know, I'll I was going to make some kind of wager, but to who? For whose benefit? You guys are going to remember that in December when we were in Qatar. If I had a co-host and there was some kind of back and forth and there was hey, if there's something you would want me to do if the Socceroos win a single game at the at the World Cup, let me know. I'm I'm happy to you guys brainstorm. You guys come up with something. Every time I've thought about doing some kind of podcast, I remember doing this with Elliot on Tremendous Lot where, oh, okay, well, we'll, well there'll be some kind of stakes. We'll do some kind of bet where if you win, I do this. If I win, you you do that. And then every time we had the discussion, I'm like, but I don't want to sell pictures of my feet at a Westfield. That I don't want to do that. There's a reason that like Jackass became so popular. It's not because they came up with amazing ideas none of us could come up with. It's because none of us want to paper cut the webs of our fingers. None of us want to hang prime rib through our undies and, and hover above a crocodile enclosure. That's the big difference. Don't get me wrong. There's some smart ideas in there. The big difference is none of us want to fucking do it. All right? And there's a big reason there aren't podcasts going out there doing crazy dares every single week. You ever see that show Kenny versus Spenny, where the two guys they have they have like competitions between each other, and it's like who can lose the most weight, who can eat the most meat, uh, who who can stay naked for the longest, all of this stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's a great idea for a show. I should do something like that. Oh wait, I don't want to do anything like that. I just want to not have to go to work is really what I want to do. But you know what? Working in advertising five days a week is more bearable than spending a whole week in my house without the sense of sight as per the Kenny versus Many episode, who can be blind the longest? 
Great show, all on YouTube. Recommend you check it out. Peru would have killed to be in the World Cup. Peru would have loved... You, this is how much more that sport means to them than us. No Peruvian has ever said this phrase. Oh, which football? Which kind of... Which code of football are we talking about? Soccer, as it is known only in Australia and America, where we have footballs, at least one, that is far more popular. In the case of Australia, three. Maybe two now that the Wallabies suck. But historically, across the entire history of the, of the country, easily soccer, the fourth most popular form of football. And we're going on about it. So ecstatic that we managed to go... Uh, so ecstatic that we went 120 minutes without scoring a goal. And then... Some guy we've never heard of before who almost quit football to become a teacher saved a goal and now he's a national hero. A guy that was this close to quitting. That's how average he is at this sport. Don't get me wrong. He's still very good compared to me. Is he good compared to 95% of the other teams in the Football World Cup? Would he get the call up to play for Costa Rica? Who's to say? He barely got the call up to play for Australia. And now we're like, no, 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 no. I, I don't know if you if you know this. Um, for six months every four years, we love football. And then we go to the World Cup and we get destroyed by Brazil. And we go, oh, yeah. Uh, what time do the Swans play again? So that's something to look forward to. I also love, you might have seen this story about this guy, uh, the goalkeeper, who um, the Peruvian goalkeeper had written on his water, ball, water bottle notes about the different Socceroos players and where they tend to shoot the ball uh, at a penalty. Do they go bottom left? Do they go top right? Do they go down the middle? Uh, and the Socceroos goalkeeper, when the Peruvian goalkeeper wasn't looking, picked up that water bottle and threw it into the crowd so that he didn't have his notes. And uh, the Australian media bloody loves it. I've seen everything from the Channel 9 news to some random guy's Twitter talking about what a legend this bloke is for doing that. We are such horrible sports in this country. If anyone did that to us, we would be outraged. I'll put it one further. If he had done that and the Socceroos had lost, it's a very different story. We're talking about can't even lose graciously. The grey wiggle, what a disgrace he is to this country. But when we win... What a hero. It's like the Australian cricket team all over again. We're all for sledging when we're winning. And as soon as we're sledging and losing at the same time, we're like, man, have some self-respect. Play the game with some honor, would you boys? Or at least destroy them. Either play with honor or win. I don't care which it is. Be, be as disrespectful as you like if you can take five wickets. Other than that, you better show you better show a little bit of humility out there. All right. There's one last thing I just felt the need to, to share with you guys today. Um, so, when I came to Nambucca, uh, one of the first things that I saw on the coffee table was this: uh, the news of the area, the Nambucca Valley news of the area, the local newspaper. Now, might I say first, the fact that this place has a newspaper. You would think in order to, to justify a newspaper, you need to have 
some news, but uh, apparently not. Nope, apparently the fact that it was uh, sunny on the day of the local lawn bowls tournament, that's news. That's something the world needs to know. That's not something that we all picked up on based on the fact we all live within two kilometres of the lawn bowls and we were also aware it was sunny. But no, they uh, they need to uh, rip down some trees and put it to print. <clears throat> and on the front page of the Nambucca Valley News of the area is this little article. Pink and Lady Gaga tribute in Maxville. The Pink and Lady Gaga tribute in Maxville. Hmm. Many questions. Many, many questions. Now, a Pink and Lady Gaga tribute show is playing at the Maxville X Services Club this Saturday night, June 11th. Now, unfortunately, it is June 16th. So, didn't make it to the Pink and Lady Gaga tribute in Maxville. But in probably to, to, to make it hurt a little bit less, I don't think anyone else did either. Because if you're going to a Pink and Lady Gaga tribute in Maxville, I dare say you are possibly in the Pink and Lady Gaga tribute in Maxville. Because I can't think of any other reason. Or, or maybe you're related to either the Pink or the Lady Gaga in the tribute. Could you think of two modern pop stars more difficult to reenact than Pink and Lady Gaga in Maxville at the X Services Club? Is this what those diggers died for? <laughs> Is this what our young men and women went to Gallipoli and got mowed down by machine gun fire? Is this what they did it for? So that Kim Both and Emily Rose from Mount Isa can 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 perform their own version of Funhouse without any of the pageantry, talent, or dance moves. Now, who's to say? I mean, the fact that they actually... I, okay, they've come from Brisbane, so presumably this is on tour. The Australian Pink Show has six-year history of entertaining audiences all over Australia and comes to Maxwell for the first time. Okay, maybe it's better than I thought. Because what I truly wanted this to be was just two girls in Maxville who are truly passionate, who bonded one day over their mutual love of late 2000s pop. And when, you know what? I, I, I know Lady Gaga's won an Oscar and Pink is one of the most successful touring acts of all time. But why couldn't we do it at the Maxville X Services Club? Surely... It can't be that hard. I mean, they did it. The Australian Pink Show, Pink vs. Gaga, is an all-ages show with tickets available at the club or online via www.trybooking.com slash 835178. Love that. I think that speaks to, to the journalistic integrity of the Nambucca Valley News of the area. <laughs> is people, they, they really think people are just going to Type in the URL. I'm surprised there's no HTTP colon backslash backslash. This is... I I would have loved to have watched five minutes of the Pink and Lady Gaga tribute at the Maxville Lake Services Club. I don't want to stay for the whole thing at all, obviously. But I'm just so intrigued. Who was there? Who was watching this? Who was enjoying it? Who wasn't? 
How much did Pink and Lady Gaga interact in that show? Are they doing their own separate performances or is it more of a duet? Things I will never know the answer to because even if the Pink and Lady Gaga tribute in Maxville at the X Services Club was so successful that they come back next year, I'm probably not going to go. But hey, if you were at the Pink and Lady Gaga tribute in Maxville at the X Services Club, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Maybe I've picked up a few fans while I'm here in Nambucca who, you know, let's be honest, if they're still listening 37 minutes after my first minute was just trashing their town for no reason, it's been nothing but lovely. Um, well, I must have really made an impact in wherever it was that I that I met them. And look, if the Pink and Lady Gaga tribute in Maxville at the X Services Club, if they would like to come onto the podcast and be my first guests, I would love that. If you know the Pink and Lady Gaga reenactors, uh... Please, put them in touch. Let's get them on. Let's talk about it. And with that, let's put a bow on this baby. You know, I, I've spent a lot of money on a podcasting setup, which would 100% make it very easy for me to just upload the theme music onto the console. Uh, but no, no, I choose to do it off my laptop, which is much slower and far less efficient. Guys, thanks for tuning in. I can't believe I've done 37 minutes. I was feeling very self-conscious about this. In a new area, my girlfriend's in the next room. Very embarrassing. Hopefully she's heard nothing of this. But hey, that's it for Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking for this week. Episode number 18. We'll go down to the history books. Have a fantastic week. And I'll chat to you soon. Bye. <laughs>